Speaking of yeah, Dino, yeah, we actually, I, I work at Netlify and we use it for our edge offering. So uh, if folks are kind of wondering if it's production ready, I would definitely say yes. Um, so uh, we're definitely going to talk about Fresh, which is a new web framework, but I kind of want to touch on Dino a bit first because I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with it, but I know Dino might be something that's new to a lot of folks. So I guess, I guess high level, like what is Dino? Yeah, so Dino's original pitch is that Ryan, the person who originally create, created Node, um, went like 10 years later or eight years later or so, looked back yeah. at Node and tried to reflect on everything that went wrong with Node and tried to fix everything that was wrong with Node. What came out of that is Dino. And Dino tries to be like a JavaScript runtime, but also a TypeScript runtime because that's very popular at this point to have TypeScript yeah. built in. It's much more fully integrated, like batteries included, like other modern languages like Rust and Go, where they have like formatters and linters and testing frameworks, benchmarking, uh, dependency management, all that built in into the, mm -hmm. like as, as one integrated system. And we try to be really modern with the JavaScript that we use. Um, so we try to really make full use of ES6 and all of the cool stuff we've gotten from that promises async iterators, web APIs, like readable stream, writable stream. We try to just stick really closely to the browser. So like have fetch for HTTP server rather than having custom APIs. And we have uh, module resolution works the same way that it does in the browser. So we like import stuff from URLs and you can use import maps just okay. like in browsers to, to remap specifiers, stuff like that. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, I find the project pretty interesting because like, uh, I, I dropped a link to that talk about uh, 10 things I regret about Node.js. And I, I can't remember when Ryan started working on it. I think it was like three, maybe four years ago. Uh, I'm not positive, but... I think May 20, on May 23rd, it was four years ago. So it's okay. been like four and a bit years now. Okay, yeah. Quite a while. Yeah, no, and, <laughs> yeah, no I remember... I, I found the talk really interesting because like he was critical of a lot of things of Node, but I think he, if anybody is allowed to be critical about it, it's probably the creator of it. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, no, I've, I, I'm a big fan of TypeScript, so I found it interesting that he decided to go with TypeScript. And I know just, just from what I'd read like a few years ago, it was initially uh, coded in Go, I believe. And then... I'm not sure when, but there was a, a pivot to go to Rust, I believe. But I, I, I don't know what, I mean, I know Rust is a very great language. So do you know what the reason for the pivot was? Yeah, I do. Go is a garbage collected memory managed language like JavaScript or C Sharp, where yeah. the runtime itself can do things like garbage collection. It can do cycle detection. It can do reference handling of, of objects. You don't need to manually mem manage memory pointers, stuff like that. And if you're trying to build a, like V8 JavaScript is also very, very memory managed language, right? And V8, yeah. the engine that we use to run JavaScript, same one that's used in Chrome, has a very advanced garbage collector and Go has a very okay. advanced garbage collector. And if you have two of these very advanced garbage collectors in the same binary and they're trying to like in the same process in the same thread and they're co continuously fighting with each other when they're trying to garbage collect they have like two separate heap pools it becomes like a nightmare pretty quickly so what you you really don't yeah. want to have your host language for your javascript runtime be garbage collected language and rust okay. at that point and i think it still is is by far the best manually memory managing like the the, the best language to manually where you can do manual mem manual memory management <laughs> it gets safe yeah it's really fast okay. yeah no there's a lot of stuff uh, i'm still pretty new to rust but i i've been learning a bit of it last 
uh, last year, last fall. And uh, I definitely, there's some cons. Well, I definitely love the pattern matching in it, but I, I definitely, there's some concepts like, you know, the, the borrowing and all that. It's, it's an interesting, it's, it takes a second to get your head wrapped around it, but it's yes. kind of neat yeah. how only one thing can ever own the data, which in theory, and I imagine in practice too, means you can never have any kind of uh, data collisions or issues with concurrency, or at least that's that's like the big thing, isn't it? Yeah, so the, the core principle of Rust is that you can never have two references to the same bit of mutable data, or sorry, no, you can never have two mutable references to the same bit of data. Like you can have multiple references to the same data. If you all can only read from the data, that's fine. But yeah. if you want to modify the data, you have to be, you have to have like single ownership over that data at that point in time when you're trying to mutate it, which allows you to make sure that when you're mutating this data, other like threads, for example, can't be in the middle of reading that data. You can't break them because you're out of sync from them. So that's, and the, the entire borrow checker and Rust's memory ownership model is built around the concept that you can only ever have a single mutable reference to some bit of data. And it like takes a while to wrap your head around, but like once you do, it's it's very empowering because it allows you to um, to to build like really fast software and really yeah. safe software with very little effort. Well, I say very little effort, very little effort compared <laughs> to something like C right? Where you have to continuously yeah. keep your mind in the space. Like, is this safe? Um, where do like do I need to move this pointer? Like, crazy stuff mm -hmm. that you don't need to deal with in Rust because the compiler yeah. will just error if you do something wrong. Yeah, no, for sure. And and I know even like the, the Chrome team has started to build out parts of the V8 engine with it because because of like as far as I know, the majority of it's written in C++ and there's like, mm -hmm. I don't know how many bugs, but there's definitely bugs related to memory management and they've been slowly plugging in Rust there as well to, uh, to help um, uh, kind of squash some of those bugs. Um, and it definitely yeah. makes sense what you're saying about the garbage collection because I used to do... C sharp quite a bit, and it, and it's nice when you don't have to worry about you know allocating and deallocating memory. But I can definitely there is a hit to having the garbage collector. You know, at some point, you know, not that your program seizes up, but there's there's at one point, you know, like somebody's got to take out the trash. You know, and and I yeah. and it definitely makes sense what you're saying. If the two languages are garbage collected, then I, I could see that being an issue. Yeah, they're they're continually fighting with each other. Like they're not coordinating on when they're gonna do these pauses okay. to do garbage collection. So they, they yeah. might happen half a second apart from each other, which is probably fine, but like they might also just happen right after each other. And then you have like a lockup of 200 milliseconds in your program where they're both yeah. doing garbage collection. And I guess, I guess another reason I could think of why the move to Rust might have happened too is WebAssembly, I imagine as well. Cause like, uh, like I know WebAssembly started off with Rust. I mean, you can do other things now. Like there's like .NET projects like Blazor where you can write C Sharp to compile to to Wasm and stuff. Mm -hmm. But but all the stuff I saw initially and, and it has been a lot of stuff has just been in Rust for Wasm. So I imagine that pairs nicely given that Dino's a, a JavaScript runtime serving stuff on the edge. Uh, and, you know, so it seems like it would yeah. pair well. I think we like originally when the switch was made, this was not really something we considered at all. But over okay. time, this is really like proven to be insanely useful. Like a lot of our internal infrastructure that's built for native code in, in the binary, in the CLI binary, we also have WASM builds for it that you can just run on the oh, edge okay. um, in WASM containers. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Nice. And then, uh, so, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get to fresh, uh, shortly, but, uh, and obviously, uh, TypeScript seemed to make sense because, well, one, it's definitely rising in popularity. It's, it's, uh, people might not realize this, but TypeScript's been around since 2012. Like, cause I, I started using TypeScript. I used to work at a Microsoft shop. So, uh, I was using it back in 2015 when it, it's definitely changed a lot. Uh, it's definitely way better now, but, but, um, it, you know, I guess if you've never worked with a type language, it, it, I, I know it, it trips people up sometimes because, you know, like when you're writing stuff in JavaScript, you can coerce things or you can just be like, yeah, OK, I know it's not exactly the same thing, but I can add this property later or whatever. But uh, it's kind of nice that it adds that to the language natively, uh, I find, because because you do get those those type checkings in place. But uh, but you can also write plain JavaScript as well. Right. In, in yeah. Dino. Yeah, TypeScript's completely opt-in. Um, we do recommend you use it because it's just, it's a much better experience, really. Um, like the learning curve from switching from JavaScript to TypeScript is much lower than, I don't know, switching from JavaScript to Rust, for example, right? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And the amount of benefit it provides, like even if it didn't do type checking, even just for like editor completions is just so phenomenal. It's just worth it just alone for editor completions. 